This year, our theme is taken from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, specifically verse 1, but we really want to read both verses together. And notice that the scripture here says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he says that he's begging us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. I want you to think with me for just a moment about verse 1 in particular and the idea of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice because this is going to be the theme that we're going to try to develop through this year as we try to address what I see in our culture as an increasingly an increasing desire to live a comfortable Christian life. And I, I'm thankful for the sacrifices that many of you make in serving the Lord. But I think I want to see all of us be challenged about making our, ourselves, our bodies, a living sacrifice to serve the Lord in this coming year. Because we know this pressure is present in the broader Christian culture, this idea of you can live for the Lord and really not have to pay any price. It, it doesn't have to cost you anything. And this is partly a feature of living in a generation that has benefited from the sacrifices of others. And in some ways, if I could just address LVBC for a moment, we do benefit from the sacrifices that others have made before us. Here as we sit in this building and on this property, which was gained by tremendous sacrifice of people who've gone before us. And it's hard even to imagine the cost and then the effort that was involved in bringing all of this about. I remember being about, I guess I was about 12 years old when this building was being built. And I remember my Sunday school class meeting in here before there was any concrete. We set up chairs in the gravel the superstructure was here, and we had our Sunday school class out here. And I remember those work days as the men of the church would come and some of the young men would come and help and different things that would take place in order to build this building. I don't have memories of other parts of the building like that because I wasn't here, but in this building, I do. And as I think about that, I, I'm reminded that we are the, we are the beneficiaries of people who have sacrificed to, to give us what we have. And praise God today, um, and, and we can give thanks to God for this, but praise God today, uh, our, our building and our property is debt-free. We haven't made a mortgage payment in a long, long time. Praise God for that. That's because of the faithful giving and the sacrifice of God's people. Uh, our, we have the ability to put our financial resources into sending missionaries and supporting the ministry staff here and supporting then 
the, the, the spread of the gospel. That's a tremendous blessing. But of course, much of that is because of the sacrifice of people who have gone before us, and we can be thankful for that. But just because someone else has sacrificed and we have some benefits does not mean that we should step away from sacrifice ourselves. And so this is the reminder tonight that God wants us to be a living sacrifice. Think about that phrase, those two words for just a minute with me, a living sacrifice. Now, you know that a sacrifice is something that is offered. And in the offering of it, the thing that is offered is surrendered or somehow suffers loss in order to gain or procure something that is better. We often identify sacrifices with the Old Testament sacrifices, with the animals that would be brought in worship of the Lord. And those animals would be given and they would be sacrificed. In other words, they weren't coming back home with the giver because they were going to be offered on the altar. And you say, well, what was it that was better that they were trying to procure? They were trying to worship God. They were trying to honor God with those sacrifices. So God calls us as believers to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And if you want to understand what this means, quite simply, it is the opposite of living for self. And so I want to come back to that in just a moment, that idea of sacrifice. But notice that the word that describes this sacrifice is a living sacrifice. In other words, when most people think of a sacrifice, they think of an animal that is placed on an altar and its life is taken. But what God wants from each one of us is a sacrifice of our body that is living. In other words, this sacrifice is a repeated sacrifice. It is a daily sacrifice. It is a mode of living. And you could argue that actually it's more difficult to make a living sacrifice than it would be to give your life as a sacrifice once. Because every day you have to choose to offer yourself, your body, your time, your will as a sacrifice to serve the Lord. The idea of being a living sacrifice is that my whole life should be submitted to the Lord in pursuit of His will. You say, now, Pastor, why did you choose this as a theme? Or why, why would you want us to really think about this in this year? Because I think this is something that we can become lax in. If we're not careful, we can step back from really giving of ourselves in the work of the Lord. And, you know, in the, in the pursuit of balance, and I think it's important in our Christian life to have balance... But in the pursuit of balance, it is possible for us to pull back so far from ministry that we are no longer engaged in serving the Lord. That all of a sudden, we're just spectators watching other people serve the Lord and partaking of the blessings that come from that. But if you're a member of this church tonight, that is not God's will for your life. God wants you to put your shoulder to the wheel. God wants you to be a part of the work that he is doing here. Now, as we think about a living sacrifice, I said that this is the opposite of living for self. And this is very much countercultural. 
In the world in which we are living tonight, the, the call that goes out is, whatever you do, make sure that you make yourself happy. Make sure that you do the thing that makes you pleased. Make sure that you pursue your dreams. Make sure that you fulfill your life. Make sure that you are happy, 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 and that's going to be the most important thing. But God has a different way of living, doesn't he? God doesn't put the emphasis on us living for self. Instead, God calls us to a life of sacrifice. Three things about this living sacrifice that I want you to think about and what God is calling us to. First of all, I believe that God is calling us to surrender. Before your body will ever be a living sacrifice, there has to be a surrender to the Lord. There has to be a turning over to the Lord for the purpose of Him carrying out His will in your life. And the question tonight is, have you surrendered to the Lord? Or rather, do you find yourself frequently surrendering to the Lord? You could hold your place in Romans 12 and just turn to Romans chapter 6 for a real practical example of what it means to surrender your body to the Lord. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 13 the Bible says this, Neither yield ye your, your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now let me ask you a very practical question in verse 13. When he says members, what is he talking about? Does anybody know? What members? It's your body, right? He's talking about our fingers, our hands, our eyes, our ears, our feet. He's talking about the parts of our physical body. And he says that we need to yield our body to the Lord as instruments of righteousness. And we ought not to yield our bodies as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. This is what it means to be a living sacrifice. In other words, we are going to need to come to a place of surrender where we say not, Lord, how do I get my way and do the thing that I want to do that makes me happy? No, no. We get to the place where we say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And Lord, here is my body. Here are my hands. Here are my eyes. Here are my ears. Here are my feet. What do you want to do with my body. My body belongs to you. If you go into the U.S. military and you become a part of our U.S. armed forces, you know there's a time when they have you sign on the dotted line. And once you put your name on that line and the deal is done, you are no longer your own master. Your body is the property of the U.S. government. And they can do whatever they want to do with your body. They can send you wherever you want to go. You could say, I don't feel like living in that place. And they're going to say, we don't really care. You signed on the dotted line. You belong to us. That's the decision that you made. I want to remind you that when you became a child of God, you yielded yourself to the Lord and you ought to be living in a yielded state to him. Now, every day we have to ask ourselves the question, 
Am I surrendered to the Lord? Or am I living with my own plan? Am I living according to my agenda? Am, am I yielding myself, my members, to the Lord? Have I taken my schedule and said, Lord, what do you want to do with my schedule? Lord, where do you want me to go with my feet? Lord, who do you want me to talk to? Uh, Lord, what are you doing in the world around me? So we have to come to the place. This is what it means to be a living sacrifice where we yield our members not only to do the will of God, but also to live a holy life. And we ought to be concerned as Christians about living a holy life. There's a lot of talk today about doing, doing this or that, my rights as a Christian, and all this kind of stuff. Here's the, here's the simple gospel truth. You have no rights as a Christian. You are a servant to the Lord. You gave yourself to Him. So what He's going to do is He's going to dictate what you ought to do and how you ought to live your life. And you ought to be willing to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? There is a call to surrender. As we think about a living sacrifice, I hope you'll think this year about the call to surrender to the Lord. And some of you may find that as you open yourself up to the examination of the Lord, that there are some areas of your life where you've said, no, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to give access in this area. No, Lord, I, I don't want you putting your finger on this area over here. I, I want to do what, what I want to do in that area. And, and when we find out, by the way, we all have those. It's uncomfortable to admit that, but we all have those. And, and we know when the Lord puts his finger on it and says, I want that. And we say, what? That can't be possibly what you want. Now, you've never said anything about that before. But that's how the Lord works, isn't it? He calls us sometimes to surrender, and that'll be a sacrifice. How about tonight? Second of all, a living sacrifice is a call to serve. And so if we're going to be a living sacrifice, God is going to call us to serve others. Can you turn to Galatians chapter 5 with me? Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse number 13 for just a moment. He's going to talk about Christian liberty, which is a, which is a subject of great interest among Christians today. Most Christians believe that means... I get to do whatever I want to do. God said that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and it's up to me to decide what I want to do. I think you have a little misunderstanding of Christian liberty. In verse 13 of Galatians 5, he says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. What we find is that God has called us unto liberty, the liberty of walking in the Spirit of God specifically, so that we can serve one another. So a life of, that is a living sacrifice, the yielding of my body to be a, a living sacrifice is a call to serve. You and I ought to be engaged in serving others. Many times we're interested in others serving us. Meet my needs. Make me feel good. Do the thing that I want done. But the truth is that God has not made us to receive that kind of service so much as he's called us to give that kind of service to others. And what you'll find is that you end up being blessed in serving others, usually more than if you were sitting back with your arms crossed saying, somebody come and serve me. 
So God wants us to learn how to serve one another with love. And I want to remind the church that if we're going to be a living sacrifice, God wants us to be involved in service. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about in just a moment. But I believe that there's a a possibility that God wants some of you to be involved in some things that you've not been involved in before. He wants you to take some steps of faith to serve others, perhaps serving them with the gospel, or perhaps serving others who have some sort of need in the congregation, other believers, but God wants us to live a life of service, and this is what it means to be a living sacrifice. I'll also remind you that God wants us to serve not only one another, but God wants us to serve Him. And we ought to be offering our body as a living sacrifice to serve Him. One way that we can do that, according to Hebrews 13, verses 15 and 16, it says, "...by Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased." So you notice that there is a sacrifice that you can offer to God with your lips, and it is the sacrifice of praise. Giving thanks to God in every circumstance of life, even maybe especially when it doesn't feel, you don't feel like giving thanks, you don't feel like praising God, it's at those moments that you can make a sacrifice of praise to God. And this is a sacrifice which is so precious to God that it is... It is like when in the Old Testament they brought sacrifices into the tabernacle or the temple and God said it was a sweet-smelling savor to Him. This is the same kind of sacrifice that we can offer, giving thanks and praise to God. So being a living sacrifice is a call to surrender and it's a call to serve. And third of all, it's a call to deny self. And I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. This is really the crux of the matter. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24. And I think Brother Fetterman came up with an image to represent our theme. And that image is based on what we read here in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples... If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So in order to be a living sacrifice, God wants us every day to wake up and he wants us to take up our cross. Now, what does that mean to take up your cross? Well, the cross is an instrument of death. The cross is an, is an instrument of, of some sort of, uh, of difficulty, obviously. It's, it's equated with, with pain. And so he says, we've all got to be willing every day to take up our cross and serve the Lord. So if you think that the Christian life is supposed to be, as one, uh, one song famously said, sunshine and roses. Sounds nice, doesn't it? It's just sunshine and roses. Except when you get into the reality of the Christian life, there's sometimes days where you're wondering, where's the sunshine? And the rose is all wilted. 
It's a little bit hard. It's a little bit difficult. So remember that Jesus said that if we're going to follow him, we have to be willing to take up our cross and follow him. And that means that we have to deny ourselves. We need to learn that there are times, probably a lot more times than we would like to admit, where we need to say no to our desires. No, I want this, but that's not best. That's not what God wants. That's not God's will. And I'm willing to sacrifice my desires to pursue God's will and God's way. By the way, I believe the cross, as I've described it, is also and primarily a symbol of God's will for our lives. The cross was the will of the Father for Jesus Christ. Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins, and it represents that he was willing to do the will of the Father. In the same way, you and I I ought to every day submit our will to the Father and say, Lord, I want to be about your business. I want to be accomplishing your will for my life. Now, I don't presume to know all the aspects of what God's specific will is for your life, but I suggest that you ought to know. You ought to be yielding yourself to God's will. You ought to be denying yourself, and you ought to be taking up your cross and following after Christ. You say, okay, pastor, but why is this the theme? Well, simply because of this, that I've found in my own Christian life that it tends to be very easy for me to slip back into an autopilot Christian life to where I'm no longer really contemplating God's will. I'm not, I'm not really taking up my cross. I'm not really denying myself. I, I'm more just enjoying life while I'm serving the Lord. And I'm not suggesting that we have to be miserable in order to serve the Lord. I'm just saying that we ought to be ready to put it all on the altar, to say, okay, Lord, whatever you want, I, I'm willing to do whatever you want with my life. And I think this is something that we have to be reminded of over and over and over again. Now, this is our theme. And so then you, you might ask the question, well, what is in store for this new year? And really what is in store is that we're going to be trying to call to the church congregation to come and live for the Lord, to a life of service and sacrifice in the work of the Lord. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, I think the question is that we all need to be asking, what does the Lord want me to do? What part does the Lord want me to have? So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or for you to stand or anything like that. But if you are a member of this church, you ought to be thinking about what does God want to do with me in this church in this new year? What is it that God wants me to be a part of? Three things that you could try to answer or think about. One, is there an area of ministry that you should be involved in? Is there an area of ministry where you could be involved in serving others? Remember, 
Living a life that is a living sacrifice is serving others. So maybe there's something, and, and some of you are busy in lots and lots of different areas of ministry, and maybe you say, well, I, there's not really anything more that I can add. I, that's fine, no problem. You, you bring that to the Lord and ask the Lord to show you what he wants you to do, but you could be asking yourself, is there an area of ministry that I need to be involved in? And maybe you should start by asking the question, what areas of ministry am I involved in? So do an evaluation. What are the areas where you are currently serving, where you are currently ministering to others and giving of your time and your talent to bless others? And let that be the starting point and then say, okay, Lord, then beyond that, is there something that you want from me? Uh, One of the things that we'll be trying to emphasize this year is some of the ministries of the church where we could use some help. Where we, could, where we would love for some people to get plugged in and be a part. And maybe, maybe this is the case, and I think it sometimes is the case, that you say, well, I would love to be a part of a ministry. I just don't know who to talk to or how to get connected. How would I even pursue working in that area of ministry if I wanted to? How would I do that? And so we're going to try in this coming year, or in this year, I guess we're already in it, In this year, we're going to try to highlight some of those ministries and let you know this is who you would talk to. This is how you could inquire about being a part of this ministry. But we want to give you the opportunity to try to get plugged in and be a part in 2024 in serving the Lord and serving others in the church. A second question that you could ask is this one. Is there an area that you have stepped away from and need to get involved in again. And sometimes, you know, in seasons of life, there's legitimate reasons that you step back from certain areas of ministry. Maybe, um, let's say, you're one of our ladies, and, and let's say you had some physical problems and you weren't able to serve in the nursery anymore, and you said, I really need to back off from that. But now those physical problems have cleared up and you might say, okay, I think that could be an area where I could go back and serve the Lord in that area. Again, I I stepped away from it and I've got comfortable not doing that, but maybe I could consider doing that again. Or maybe there's some other type of area where you used to serve the Lord. Maybe you used to go on outreach and be a part of evangelism, but you haven't done that in a while. Or maybe you used to come and be a part of, uh, of, I don't know, the cleaning program at the church, but you step back because you had some things in your life and you couldn't do that anymore, but now you could reconsider that. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe there's some areas where you've stepped back where now you need to say, okay, I want to step forward. So just as an illustration, as a church, we stepped back from ministry in area nursing homes. I don't know if you realize this, but we haven't had ministry in area nursing homes in three years since the beginning of COVID. And at the beginning of COVID, we lost access to all of the nursing homes in our area because of the lockdowns. And then even after all of that, it's been very difficult to regain access. It's just has started to become more of an opportunity where we can go back into those places and start ministering. And we are currently pursuing right now finding 
some area rest homes where we could actually go and hold a monthly service like we used to do, go there and preach, provide some, some music and, and interact with the residents who live there and try to minister to them spiritually. And so as a church, we stepped back from something and we're sensing now that it's time for us to step back into that ministry and we're hoping that some of you would like to be involved in that when the time comes. That's what I mean. Maybe there's an area where you stepped away. Maybe you had young children and your children are older now. And so you could conceivably start to do that ministry again, maybe even incorporating your children with you in that ministry, which, by the way, is a very good thing to do with your children, teaching them how to serve. And I want to say something about that, because, and this is a good place to say it. Our young people who are members of this church who are saved and want to serve the Lord ought to also be asking the Lord, where can I serve and where can I be a part of the ministry of this church? Don't wait until you're 18 to say, okay, now I can serve the Lord. Or till you're out of college, okay, now I can serve the Lord. Start serving the Lord as soon as you're able and put your, your shoulder to the wheel. Be a part of the work that God is doing here. So is there, a minute, is there, third of all, a new area of ministry that God is leading us into? And the third question really has in mind, perhaps there's some areas of service or ministry that we've not considered before, that we've never been a part of as a church. So we have lots of different areas of ministry, but maybe there's some things that we've never done before, that we've never been involved in. And We've recently tried some things like the Allentown Outreach is a, fairly new, uh, is a fairly new ministry in our church. The last couple of years going into Allentown in the, in the summertime and preaching the gospel, holding Bible clubs for children. That's a great opportunity to serve the Lord. But that's what I'm thinking of is things like that, things that we've not done before that perhaps God would want to direct us as a church to be involved in that. And of course, when I say us as a church, I mean you. Uh, so that we have to be involved in that. Like people have to do that. It's nice to say, yeah, the church should do that. And sometimes people say, I think that the church should do this. And I say, well, is that a, are you volunteering or, or is that a suggestion? I'm trying to figure out. All right. So you got to think about that. Where does God want us to be ministering? And I, we're going to try to keep this in front of you because I know this, that in a church where we have programs and ministries and people serving in those programs and ministries, it's very easy to just kind of step back and observe and participate and receive, but never really be a part of ministering. And I want to challenge you, if you find yourself in that place for one reason or another, maybe you used to be involved, but you're not anymore. Maybe you, you haven't successfully gotten plugged in yet and found a place where you can serve. I want to challenge you this year. Make 2024 the year where you say, Lord, I want my life to be a living sacrifice. I, I want to be a part of the work that God is doing at Lehigh Valley Baptist Church. And uh, again, we, we, we contemplated handing out some, uh, some ministry sheets with areas where people can serve and that sort of thing tonight, but I think a better idea is just in the future weeks, 
on Sunday nights, we're going to try to highlight some areas of ministry. Here's what goes on in those ministries. If you want to be involved in that, here's the process. Here's who to talk to. Here's what's involved in that. Here's the commitment that you would be making. And perhaps that you would find some areas this year where you could get plugged in and begin to be a part of what God is doing.